Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Tonight it's Thursday again, and it's time for... Plastic. Hey. Climate. Boom. Wow, we did it again, man. Like, you know, we're, we're into the dozens. 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 We say, we say, Alex, we have... Bob Dylan on the run, we do, you know, we have uh, Jackson Brown also on the run. Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're just, you know, bowing down at, at the quality of our, our tune, so. Yeah, and we got it. We got actually some requests to do some more jingles for other podcasts. Yeah, Metallica. I think today, Metallica. yeah, I think today we can say that Metallica wants for their podcast. It's just finding the time, right? Finding the time <laughs> for all those people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's quality. What can we say? And and humility. I mean, you know, and, and the quality of our singing. <laughs> no, hey, welcome, man. Welcome, seriously. Yeah, what a nice way to to be welcomed. <laughs> yeah, but I think we also have to say who who are we welcoming tonight? Who um, are you? <laughs> um, I just say it's Alex. Alex from uh, the Bioplastics magazine, um, and uh, bioplastics might be the topic tonight. Um, mm -hmm. But first of all, I think what uh, we will dive into. With a lot of curiosity is also what brings Alex to the Bioplastics magazine. And of course, who is Alex? Welcome, Alex. Nice to have you here tonight. Very nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Where to begin? So um, I think the easiest way to begin is um, the Bioplastics magazine has been around for 18 years now. Whoa. You look Technically, so I've been around since the beginning of oh. Bioplastics magazine. Because um, Bioplastics Magazine is the family business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my father founded the magazine like 18 years ago, a bit, mm -hmm. bit less, I think. And uh, he is a uh, plastics engineer by trade. So mm -hmm. he, he knows his shit. <laughs> he is the bullshit filter in the magazine still. Um, <laughs> and three years ago, I three to four years ago, I officially joined um, mm -hmm. in the capacity as editor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, was one of these things that just kind of happened because in the beginning it was more of a mini job while I was trying to do other things um, as a freelancer on the site that did not work out due to many reasons. One of them being this little thing uh, that we now call the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. And after a year of doing this mini job, I actually figured out I like doing this and we actually work well together, which is not necessarily the case when you talk about family business. <laughs> So it either works well or or doesn't work at all. I think this yeah. is there are just two black and white. I don't think there is anything in between. Hey, 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 Matt, Matt, can I just jump in here on the on the on the bioplastics? You know, uh, we'll get into it uh, uh, here, uh, obviously, as we talk more tonight. But uh, but obviously, the name of your your magazine, Alex, uh, bioplastics, and uh, I mean, uh, me and Matt have been joking, uh, kind of offline, uh, joking, but seriously as well. I mean, we're, we're nerds. We're fascinated with bioplastics. Uh, uh, we, we think this is really cool stuff. You know, but like I said, we're nerds, cool nerds. You know, we play guitar, at least listen to guitar. You know, Matt surfs and uh, hangs tin. Uh, and we're in the quantum and Newtonian and first, second, third law, playing in thermodynamics nerds, you know, so that's who we are. You know, uh, so yeah, we're nerds, but, but what, what, what we find cool about bioplastics you know is is that uh i mean this it's obviously a part of solving some problems too you know and uh i i think that that's part of why we're so so interested in and also bioplastics ultimately you know it's about plastic <laughs> it's, it's about uh the climate because uh i mean bioplastics will deal with that in the environment and of course the future so so it kind of ties into plastic climate future. So I just wanted to uh, to say that we we, we see uh, uh, bioplastics in this area is so, so, so cool, fascinating and important. And uh, yes, I'm going to pause because we're probably going to edit out a lot of this stuff. So don't worry. Okay, continue. Sorry, Matt. I kind of had a to say yeah, that. I, I think I think they are but this is this is exactly why we also uh, are so happy to to have uh, 
Alex here because we reached out to you on purpose um, because we're also interested in what drives actually, I mean, your family business in terms of uh, passion for bioplastics or in terms of uh, interest. Um, and uh, I don't know what's uh, what's your most biggest motivation. And uh, you just said that uh, you at at one point you just realized oh that's actually a cool thing as well what we're doing here so that's why you're now part of the business yeah i mean i think that the, the, to put the, the points really together on the timeline is i mean i've always helped out um for the magazine when there's like big trade shows mm -hmm. uh, i think with 16 i was on my first case show uh -huh. at our booth explaining people explaining to people like what the difference is between bio-based and biodegradable so that's kind of stuff i grew up with uh -huh. which is um pretty pretty wild in a way that I can say like I've been over half my life in the bioplastics industry in some capacity mm -hmm. and I mean the originally the magazine came about because my father was um, at a conference what is now uh, European bioplastics they were then still mm -hmm. a different name and he asked them what is uh, your magazine that talks about the industry and they were like there's none and he was like oh there is none maybe there <laughs> should be so he started the magazine and he has always birthed with this uh, for a passion and I kind of adopted that passion over the time. So my background is nothing technical. I'm a psychologist by trade who later then ventured into creative writing. So I have a writing background, but, but it's not technical, which I think is not bad because um, no offense to any engineers, but a lot of them are not that good at writing. <laughs> they know their stuff but conveying it in a nice story and uh, in a good way is something that is might sometimes need help with. And I like doing that. I like helping oh, people yeah. convey their story. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff in bioplastics. And I mean, recently that's one I want to follow up on soon, um, where someone told me about this bioplastic. It's a bio-based plastic that can take uh, temperatures of up to 700 degrees Celsius. Uh -huh. That's insane. And that's just yeah. happens to be a bioplastic in a way. And so it's, mm -hmm. there's really, really cool stuff out there. And yeah, I mean, the reason why I do it is because I would like to yeah, push this, help change this, this industry that gets a lot of bad rap. Like, I mean, plastic bashing mm -hmm. is very popular. It's very easy, mm -hmm. but plastics are not bad materials. Plastics are great materials. The problem is what we do with them and where they come from. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of these things can be solved to a certain degree by bioplastics. Uh -huh. So you just mentioned that basically you started dealing with the topic at the age of 16 and then and then you decided to do uh, take another course. Um, but in the meantime, like you probably also became kind of an expert on on the most innovative technologies because I guess, but you can you can tell us more. like who is who is, uh, well, how do you choose your stories and and uh, who is reaching out to you? Is it like established industry players or is it more the innovators? Um, yeah, what what's 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 the the stories that you always, so, always get? Yeah, it's a broad field. So we for we have six issues a year, so every two months, mm -hmm. and for each of the issues, we have like two focus points. Like uh, the January issue is always automotive, and mm -hmm. another thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have your 12 focus points throughout the year. But that doesn't mean that we don't talk about other stuff. It's just that we try to focus um, the stories of a certain area in mm -hmm. a certain magazine. So we try to have the automotive stories of the last half a year or so within that magazine, within that issue. Um, so we reach out uh, directly to, to material suppliers, to automotive um mm -hmm. OEMs and other people that we know where we have a connection, uh, connection to, but we also just send out to our network, inviting us, inviting people to send us stuff. So we look actively for certain stories, but we also pick up press releases here and then see that if they fit, and then we mm -hmm. cut them into shape for our format, essentially. And that goes from research institutes, that goes mm -hmm. to startups. Sometimes there's just a story that we thought is really interesting. Um, I mean, like a couple of years ago, there was the story... I think it was a proof of concept mm -hmm. about a boat that could go on the ocean to these giant uh, garbage patches, these plastic islands, mm -hmm. and collect the plastic 
and then convert the plastic on the boat into a fuel that the boat could run on so that they would not have to go back and forth all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that boat exists yet, but that was a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. And that was at a time where we were not even talking about uh, chemical recycling in the magazine yet, which we are by now. So there we just said, this is a really cool story. We kind of want to talk about this, even though it's not bioplastics related at all. Yeah, yeah. I find this really, I mean, uh, if I can just... Uh, uh, jump in here on this one. I think I find this really, really cool what you're talking about. And I, I think, I mean, first of all, I want to say, I think it's great uh, to have a place uh, out there, you know, your bioplastics magazine and, and how you have it out there where, where people can access it, covering, of course, bioplastics. You know, I find that really cool. But, but what I really also find that's drawing me as someone who has been looking at this uh, uh, side of yours over the past few weeks and really drilling down is is your inclusion indeed of a broader range of topics uh, uh, that are relevant uh, to sustainability circularity uh, in in the plastics uh, value chain you know even bioplastics or not uh, I find that really 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 smart forward thinking uh, to 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 uh, not limit your uh, your content uh, and to to the name of your brand but to say hey what's really important here and to see that that these are all you know if it's bioplastics or uh, other uh technologies products uh solutions that that are looking at the value chain of let's say polymers and plastics uh that that is important because it's like chiming the the right note along the uh keyboard for uh for like okay this is helping this is helping uh, and so, so anyway, just uh, something I find really, uh, really cool. Uh, how did you get to this? How did you, uh, uh, as uh, editor of, of the magazine, um, how did you get to like, hey, we want to talk, you, you mentioned it already a little bit, but, you know, why, why did you bring in advanced recycling? I mean, I find that really cool. But, and CCU, carbon capture and utilization, really cool you know uh tell us a little bit more of the story how you brought these into your your thinking your or your uh, content i think that there are a lot of things nicely happened at the same time uh when i joined the magazine in a bigger capacity um like it was i think like three years ago i think uh four i'm four years with the magazine three years in a bigger capacity and around that time um the nova institute which is a research institute in germany um, that we were on very friendly terms and still are on very good terms with, um, started the Renewable Carbon Initiative. Mm -hmm. So their base idea is, um, like uh, in a lot of places, you talk, people talk about uh, decarbonization, which is a term that comes from the energy sector, which makes no sense in plastics because you cannot take carbon out of plastics. Mm -hmm. So they went to the idea of we should go defossilization take the fossil carbon out of the plastics and out of chemistry in the broader sense. So they focus on the big, really big value chain of, of including all chemistries as well, uh, the, the um, carbon-based chemistry. So they started the Renewable Carbon Initiative, mm -hmm. which essentially is about, um, we want the carbon in plastics and in chemicals be uh, coming from the, the atmosphere, which is direct carbon capture, the biosphere, which are bioplastics or bio-based chemicals, and the technosphere, which is um, any form of recycling, but also uh, carbon capture technology that is put on the steelworks or cement works, where you can have a way of lots of carbon that you can capture. And we really like this idea because it's just like usually people ask for a multi, like that people want to have a choice when they go. Like, I would like to, I have this company, I produce this material, I would like to reduce my carbon footprint. What can I do? And then you can say, yeah, you could switch the, the resource here, you could switch the resource there, but there are no silver bullets, right? Mm -hmm. So for some people, bioplastics is the perfect solution. For others, it doesn't quite work and recycling makes a lot more sense. So, mm -hmm. or a combination of both. I mean, it's not an either or thing. So sometimes you can say, I can add maybe 20% of uh, maybe a biological filler um, that already helps, um, but there is no maybe no affordable yet bioplastic that's around, but maybe a recycled plastic can also fill a gap here. So you can make a combination of these two. And we thought, why should we only talk about the bioplastics thing? Because it's, I mean, it goes in the same direction. Mm -hmm. So we very much adopted, um, yeah, this, this 
this idea of of renewable carbon um, to the point that we are now in a rebranding process. Mm -hmm. So um, I think starting probably with the next issue, maybe with the issue afterwards, um, we will have a second title, which will be renewable carbon plastics. Mm -hmm. So and then moving forward, that will be more inclusive we still talk about bioplastics a lot that's our base that's where we come from that's where we have the biggest knowledge base because we still have to learn a lot about ccu and advanced recycling ourselves mm -hmm. um, but these topics are equally important and especially moving forward if you look at legislation currently at least recycling is what is being pushed um, we think the biobase should also be pushed more and uh, you can talk about that a bit more later but um as it goes right now, it's recycling. So we also have to see like, okay, this is right now the solution that's being pushed. It's not the one solution, but let's talk about that solution. Let's see what's out there. Let's see which ones make sense, which technologies are maybe stepping stones for something more, um, which are here to stay, um, which makes sense and which make no sense. And where do they make sense or no sense? Mm -hmm. Matt, Matt, before, can I turn it over to you, Matt? But, but before, just I just want to put something out there because it may be some more context for the discussion as we move forward. Uh, I mean this sincerely, Alex, uh, uh, not just to flatter you because you're our guest. Uh, when, when I look to your website. Never flatters anyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed, you know, uh, not not with such a beard like yours, you know, I mean, you know, not my type, you know, you know. no, uh, but but seriously, uh, looking at your daily news just the other day, uh, and, and, and and what I see there is is a short list of, of on the point, substantial, and, and yeah, really good, well written stories. I mean, I could go, I mean, just looking at, I'm not, not, not plugging anyone here, but looking at that, uh, just that day, uh, I think it was Sunday, I was looking at this, you have Carbios, you have Neste, you have the topic of PLAs, you have circular foam and footwear, you have new PHAs, polyhydroxyalkanoates, uh, you, you talk about plastic microplastics, you get into LCAs for recycling technologies, bio-based substitutions for ABS, thermoplastic copolyesters, just Just a neighbor I mean, but 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 wow, wow. Just I mean, in all serious, I mean, nerding out here. But 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 if you want to talk about a place where you're bringing some really really interesting uh, content along the lines I just described, as far as substantial, compelling, on point, uh, you're not paying us one penny. <laughs> I'm just saying that like a. Like, wow, I saw that. That's really cool. Yeah, and I think that's interesting what you just said because I started also looking into bio-based polymer alternatives because we were working on bio-based fiber composites. And then the logical idea was like, yeah, let's replace also the resin or the polymers with some bio-based alternatives. And um, this was 2000. 13 so 10 10 years ago more than 10 years ago um i think now as john mentioned nasty corvius and like you know borealis all these companies uh there was none of these big players actually looking into it in a serious on a serious scale um mm -hmm. did you also like see that within the last especially i think five years that that this this has shifted because of uh you know, because of the, the environmental discussion or was it really the plastic bashing that uh, that uh, we touched on upon in the beginning? I think a big move came uh, as a push from the consumer came. I think a lot has changed there. I remember years ago I was um, in the US on the NPE, the National Plastics. Orlando. Yeah, exactly. And I remember there were some people that came by our booth and were just looking at the booth and they were like, bioplastics we have fracking <laughs> which showed like the mindset like we don't need the bio-based and, and i think that has changed a lot thankfully since then um, i mean we will have uh, our own conference <laughs> in, the, in the states uh very soon this year oh, wow. which uh are actually about phs uh, that you have touched on um <laughs> so uh, i saw that you had a uh, talk to uh, um, a representative from denimer scientific and yeah. they will be there as well yeah, yeah and i think um what I've seen over the last, uh, I would say, two K shows, which are always like a good representation um, of where the plastics industry is as a whole, is um, also a move away from 
people just saying uh, recyclable, which was like 2K shows ago. A lot of people were talking about recyclable, recyclable. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, yeah, but is it? Because the fact that you can recycle something is completely useless if it's not recycled at the end of the day. Yeah. That is just a nice thing that you can say that that you know doesn't do anything. And now it moves more to know this is actually made from recycled content. There's this mm -hmm. much recycled content in there. Or they talk about take back schemes um, where they look at how it is how it could be recycled. Or they mm -hmm. like the the whole value chain is more involved. So. I think there is a, a shift coming, and I think that is largely also due to uh, uh, the push from end consumers that they want more sustainable solutions, that mm -hmm. they see this can't go on. And we have climate change on the one end, and we have the, the plastic um, trash problem, that we just have too much plastic waste on the other. And a lot of these solutions can tackle both problems mm -hmm. at the same time. I mean, I think uh, what I see a lot is the shift from that uh, plastic waste is seen as something valuable now, that waste is seen as a new resource stream. And I think that's a very good development. Yeah. That goes also in the direction of uh, converting it to fuels, which I'm a bit more critical of because I think that's just a, a more efficient way of burning it. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, so I'm more in the material to material recycling. And I think uh, legislation so far seems to reflect that, um, which mm -hmm. I like a lot. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's really the recycled ones and the bio-based ones still need a bit of a push, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, maybe also to, like, because of the consumer shift, I think there is also the economic opportunities that on one hand come with, you know, more material innovation and new innovative products that fit this, uh, consumer mindset that is, that is also moving in this direction. But I think on the other hand is also the economic opportunity that turns out from risk mitigation when you're depending on finite resources. And uh, that's uh, that's also pushing also the bigger players to look into alternatives. And of course, with a different power than the companies 10 years ago, where there was like a startup in the garage and uh, you just mentioned that it was scientific, right? They started as a small, <laughs> small company and now they're, they're uh, yeah, I think they're listed already or something. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that's that's also driving this this uh, innovation also on the, within the bigger players of the industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John, Matt, Matt, you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think something really cool. I mean, just a reflection here based on what I'm hearing Alex talking about and some others that we've talked to. Uh, that that's encouraging for you're you're you guys are both younger than me much younger you know so I'm going to do the old man thing here again and and, and just say <laughs> it, it it's 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 really encouraging for us older people to see you younger people having this attitude of get real get real attitude pragmatic real solutions science-based uh no bs no greenwashing uh uh from from any any quarters uh, science-based, practical, bam, 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 implementable, viable, economically, you know, sustainable. I think this is really encouraging, you know, and, and uh, yeah, um, uh, when you talk about uh, uh, carbon and, and, and uh, uh, you know, plastic waste and, and, and these things, I mean, I think the things to put, keep it high, high, high level in the mind is, is, is we want to take steps uh, that that are reducing the amount of plastic waste that's out there, uh, reducing the amount of plastic waste that's going to uh, uh, end of life um, solutions that are having higher CO2. Uh, we have technologies uh, that that can shift these away, increase circularity, uh, and, and displace uh, fossil-based sources. Uh, I mean, um, indeed, no silver bullets. Uh, I mean, all kinds of innovations are, are brewing, and this is what's so darn interesting. And uh, anyway, so I, sorry for babbling again. One last thing: portfolio uh, solutions. Uh, there, uh, I used to think maybe we could find a silver bullet for ninety-five percent of the problem. Not going to happen. In, in a way, that would be boring, you know. So bioplastics, uh, all these other technologies. Uh, it, it's so cool to see this. 
Yeah, but I think what you just mentioned is, is the technology and, and technological innovation. So do you see also, uh, Alex, from from the developments on uh, in the chemical recycling, do you see this as as a real yeah push or driver for scaling bioplastics as well? Or do you think it's gonna, you know, the the what what John always says, um, you know, bioplastics are remained a small percentage of the entire plastics industry. So will it be possible still to do, you know, more more bioplastics chemical recycling and then still like slowly gradually grow this, but still it will be it will remain a, a minority or do you think it's going to drive a real push also to these bio-based solutions i mean in all this in all these topics when we come towards climate change and um how the world's developing um i always say um in myself there meets a cynic and a hopeless optimist uh-huh. <laughs> because when i look at developments i very often think um we will not manage to change these problems it, in the if you look at all the developments that uh, things are changing but they still in my opinion change too slowly mm-hmm. um, and on the other hand i'm also thinking but if nobody just blindly believes in that we can do it nothing will ever change so i'm, I'm really much on the forefront of being like i don't believe we will change it but i'm gonna throw myself to the front lines anyway because um somebody has to yes i'm so, with you man i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um right now bioplastics are still um i think it's between one and two percent of the global production. Yeah. So it's around like mm. 2.2 million tons a year mm. um and i think the recycling the chemical recycling will definitely help a lot but the thing that we cannot forget is that we will always need uh, more virgin materials. Because even if we would assume, which is not true, but even, let's assume we could recycle all the plastics with a 100% yield that we have in the qualities we want, yeah. high quality recycling materials, the re- demand for plastics is still growing. Yeah. There will always be a need for new virgin materials. And ideally that will be covered by bio-based material, yeah. bio-based materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which to a large, I mean, you can make PET bio-based, you can make PP bio-based, you can make um, PE bio I mean, Coca-Cola has been dabbling with a 100% bio-based PET bottle um, for years now. The problem is probably still price because it's more expensive and the amount of bottles they produce or need is just enormous, which is why they have not rolled this out in a big, big step. Then there's other materials that are coming, um, for example, PEF which is very mm-hmm. similar to PET. Um, it's even better than PET, actually, if you talk about barrier properties. So there is definitely a lot of room to grow mm-hmm. um, for the bio-based sector. Um, I think legislation will have to help them along. Uh, you talked about risk mitigation. Um, I think the companies for big investment need to know, like if the EU, for example, would say um, next to the recycled materials percentage, we also would like to have, I don't know, 5 10 15% bio-based in these materials. I think that would make a huge push. Um, on a recent conference that we organized, the biotoy, um, the toy sector, for example, mm-hmm. is very interested in these materials because recycled materials have issues with um, safety. Yeah. Um, there was, a, I think it was a representative from, from Hasbro who said, if an orange was a toy, it would be banned mm-hmm. because it would not fulfill the regulations. and. If we took at the recycled That's materials, um, like there's not a lot around. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. volume-wise, that could satisfy them. And then Hasbro has to also go. Hasbro is a big player in the toy industry, but on the world yeah. market, they're a small fish. If they have to compete with, I don't know, BMW or Audi for like high-quality recycled materials, yeah, so yeah. bio-based materials definitely have room there to have another sustainability factor. And there are, like, if we talk about PLA, which is um, probably the most prominent bioplastic, there are chemical recycling steps that you can depolymerize PLA, which is a lot more energy efficient than most other um, chemical recycling processes. So these two can work together as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's uh, not to go into it too much, but but I, I know that uh, some of the PL, PLA manufacturing companies are also 
having chemical recycling facilities uh, on, on site in situ, maybe let's say, uh, yeah. based on technologies coming from Europe. So, yeah, I think that's what I've. That's why I was asking the question. Like what I've seen, what I've seen is like um, bioplastics were always kind of uh, seen as a as a no go at the sorters and recyclers uh, facilities, yeah. right? Um, and now through the push of towards chemical recycling, I see also like really innovations focusing on the chemical recycling of bio-based plastics of all these plastics that could not make it due to volumes or <clears throat> incompatibility into the mechanical recycling streams. Yeah. I mean, look, if we talk about the, the recycling sorting systems, I mean, if you, if we are talking um, state of the art technology, um, they can easily distinguish between um, a PET, a PE, and a PLA. Um, I, the bigger problem usually with these sorters is not the material itself, but its color. Mm -hmm. Like if you have something that's black, then the the um, yeah, the machines have more problems. And yeah, you talked about that. The, the big, bigger problems also, like there's just not enough in the market yet. Yeah, and, case, right? I think that's the thing. It's it's like it's not uh, indeed there the. I know, I mean, they, they just recently, uh, three or four or five months ago, announced uh, PR with with uh, Total Corby and said, yes, we prove again, we can use our NR technology to set sort out PLA. So, yeah, that technology is out there. I think the question is 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 more like, okay, do, do uh, consumers want to have another bag? You know, it's yeah. more <laughs> at that end where you catch it, you know, and, and so the volume thing. So, so you know. So anyway. So uh, this yeah. Is, but coming also now. Now this was a good keyword. Consumers, right? <laughs> you say they they play a big role. Um, I see if if when I talk to to with, uh, to students because I'm teaching sometimes at the university, I see they have no information about like or no you know clear and transparent information on bioplastics, how they behave, what to do with them. Um, and uh, even now, I'm, maybe we should also have clarified, like, yeah, what is actually bioplastics is <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And because I am sure, like, that the consumer uh, or, or like, uh, uh, not all in our audience will, will be able to distinguish between, you know, bio-based, biodegradable, um, recyclable, bio-based, biodegradable, and recyclable, bio-based and as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, not knowing what I'm talking about never stopped me. So Alex, Matt, help, help, help. Take over, Alex, please. Guide us here. Help. Well, first of all, I will now fall into a shameless display of self-advertisement because we also have a Bioplastics Basics book that oh, yeah, um, okay. is available. <laughs> it's going to be a, a linked in the show notes. It's going to be a bestseller. Podcast. We're going to promote it. <laughs> well, and that is around now. I think we have it on six languages even. Uh, there's oh, there's yeah, uh, German, cool. English, uh, Spanish, French, um, Chinese, and Polish as uh, the oh, latest. Polish. I'm from Arkansas. Yeah. You have to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I think, yeah, when we talk about bioplastics, we... we Bio, if if we are honest, bioplastics is actually a really right. bad term mm. because bioplastics describes two different things. It describes what it is, like where it comes from and what it does. And that is not ideal if you have a definition that has two very different things. So um, most bioplastics are bio-based. So that means instead of using fossil fuel, you use corn, starch, sugar, whatever. And... The easiest way for me to explain this is with the, the plas bioplastic, with the plastic uh, polyethylene, which is yeah. traditionally a fossil-based plastic. And then there is the company uh, Brascom, which has um, which has been dabbling in, in polyethylene for years and, and other plastics. And they use um, sugar from sugarcane. They make um, ethylene, ethanol first out of it, and then they make ethylene out of it. And from that polyethylene. So you have a very standard plastic that is now bio-based with exactly the same properties as before. Mm. A bio-based polyethylene will not degrade because it's still polyethylene. Nothing changed on the chemical level on this, uh, essentially. Um, so that are the bioplastics um, that are purely bio-based. And then we have the ones that are biodegradable. 
And biodegradable, as you said, they fall in different fields when we talk about what does biodegradable mean? Because in most cases, this means compostable um, on an industrial level. So you need very specific temperatures, you need very specific um, moisture levels. Um, and one of these is um, probably the bioplastics poster child is PLA. It's bio-based and it is also biodegradable in the composting setting. Mm -hmm. And then we have plastics that are fossil-based and biodegradable. So now we get complicated because there's the plastic PBAT, which is uh, compostable, but not bio-based. So um, these groups overlap. Mm -hmm. And that is confusing. That's confusing for people in the industry. So this will be very confusing for consumers because um, a lot of people, I mean, these are still questions that I get asked occasionally. Oh, so this is bio-based. Can I eat it? And then you can say, sure, you can also eat a normal plastic bottle. I would not advise it. It's still plastic, right? And uh, to make it more confusing, we can also say that on a long scale, actually fossil um fossil based plastics are also kind of bio derived right <laughs> yeah now <laughs> no, we make oil. it really confusing crude oil, crude oil really has, yeah crude oil is also made is bio-based in the end right we just have in to wait a, a bit yeah. longer than maybe the, star the humanity the will survive right yeah. yeah but when i what i meant here because you said also bruskin is doing the bio-based uh, polyethylene and i know that they sell it for i think 10 times the price Right. So, I mean, just maybe, maybe not the, this is not the exact uh, uh, ratio, but it's just much more expensive. And I think the economic case could be made easier if it would be possible to also explain like, yeah, that this is, uh, uh, if, if the knowledge also on the consumer side would be there to be, to, to be willing maybe also to, to shift even more to these solutions. Um, and also then understand them more so for example the the case with uh bio-based um uh, biodegradable um capsules for for uh nespresso uh coffee machines like which came out a couple of years ago and everyone was just throwing them away on the compost and i even in the cities they had to announce like people this is not yeah. industrial compost you cannot throw them in your garden right and then it just stopped. And then people were like, oh, yeah, well, then we feel kind of cheated, right? <laughs> and and then they got confused. And then like, yeah, then let's say we, we keep our own bag that we already have. And as John mentioned, like, we don't want to burden the consumer with another extra plastic because it's gonna, not, not going to work. So uh, that's why I think like the, the job that you're doing is also like a, a big part is, is also education and creating awareness maybe in the first place in the industry, but I can imagine that the motivation for the book came also to bring this knowledge, not only to the industry level, but also at the consumer level. I think the book was mainly, it was still for the industry. It's a, a tech, very technical book, but I think one of the big puts was for students, as you said, to have something for Students that are going into some related industries where they might encounter this to have one comprehensive piece where they can look over. And I mean, I, I myself worked through the book and then learned a lot of stuff mm -hmm. um, uh, because, I mean, I always uh, had a very good surface level knowledge. But um, once I started doing this as my uh, full time job, I was like, hey, you need to know your, your stuff, you know. Yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, I think this is like. On our last conference, um, a representative from Lego said something very interesting. He was like, as a technical person, um, he thought, he said, um, I think it's mo it's easier to find a new polymer. Like communication is more difficult than finding a new polymer. <laughs> and that shows that communication is the biggest problem because, um, let's be honest, like if we talk about big plastics companies and big oil companies, like, like Nesta used to be a big oil company, um, trust is difficult because uh, profit is usually what drives these companies. And I mean, whether that's good or bad is a different story, you know, like talking about the capitalist system, whether that works is a different story. So I always think we have to work within the system that we have um, to change, um, to bring the change at least um, predictably and fast mm -hmm. and sustainably. And sustainably, yeah. I mean, so 
communication is difficult and especially when it comes to and then it also depends on where are you i mean do you sit in germany do you sit in italy do you sit in india and you have to work with these systems that are in place or if there's not a system like which system makes sense to set up mm -hmm. and um For example, if you look at Italy, in Italy, um, there's no problem with the plastic capsules. Like they have a very well established composting system mm -hmm. and they love the coffee in there because coffee is great for compost. If you look yeah. at Germany, the German composters don't want it because they want to keep their cycle times short. Yeah. And these materials t usually take longer than their cycle times are. Oh, so they say these materials don't work. And then you say, yeah, sure, they don't work. Not in this system. They are not designed to work in this system. They are designed to break down within... 12 weeks. If your cycle time is three weeks, of course they will not work. Are you talking about industrial composting? Yeah, there we're talking about industrial composting. Yeah. yeah. And then you can also look at that at East Asia, India, and where there's huge problems with plastics, where the, the waste systems may not be in place yet, where yeah. the infrastructure is not there yet. And then you yeah. can see maybe their composting makes more sense because mm. that system might be easier to set yeah. up and you can do it with food waste together. And that might work better. Yeah, yeah. This is something I'm, I'm I'm really burning to say here. You know, I mean, I think I think this and this I think is is good for a win-win point for all for all technologies involved. And that that is, you know, um, it also you, you, it kind of goes into the communication thing, um, and 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 the importance of this. And that is. Uh, If you go back, uh, some can someone can just wave the hand and dismiss uh, a bio, uh, you know, say PLA. We, we've talked about it again and again, saying that, well, the industrial composters don't want that. You know, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Dismiss it. It doesn't work. And then and then move on, you know, uh, and then and then 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 society, innovation, what however you want to describe it, can you lose a lot of time and momentum And, have, and then having to re-educate or educate those to say, no, wait, uh, don't throw this whole thing away because of that statement. Uh, you know, um, redesign, uh, optimize the industrial composting, optimize this, do that. Don't throw it all the way. Don't don't just accept uh, these these comments that, I mean, um, I, I spend a lot of time in the world of, of recycling, specifically chemical recycling. Uh, and uh, someone can 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 set some uh, technology back by 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 making some uh, statement that is that is not correct, that's clever, that's funny, uh, but but that's misleading, and that at, at the end of the day sets things back. You know, I think this is what you just uh, what we just said. Like the communication yeah. part is is super yeah. important, and I think that's uh... yeah. It's great to have people like Alex and his dad mm. <laughs> to recognize it. Especially, I, I love the, the the story that you explained when he went to this conference and just mm. asked him like, "What's your magazine?" And you don't have to. Of course, you need to have one, right? Mm. Yeah, um, definitely. I I see. I see also um, the the value also that you're also involving in organizing the conferences as you just mentioned a couple of times so maybe just not really do some advertising so what are what are some of the conferences where you're going to be at um i guess like from may on because we we, we still need some time to edit the podcast until we will be online but <laughs> So and and where can can people usually find you? Like I, I as I know, like you're based in Delft, right, Alex? Um, Correct. Uh, but uh, where, which areas, which regions are you active in? Like Europe, USA? Tell us a bit um, more about it. We are mainly active in in, in Europe. We now will have uh, in October. We will have uh, the the PHA World Congress in the in the states which is uh, what the colleague from Denmark talked about what they are doing um, then there will be the the Interpac conference uh, the Interpac trade fair trade show in in Düsseldorf um, begin yeah in the beginning of May where we will have a small conference and later that month um, we will be on the renewable material conference which is organized by the Nova Institute Mm -hmm. where we will be walking around as well which is again the the broader scale really looking at um where, where is every that material. what city is that in? i think that's going to be in cologne i think last year was in cologne okay, i'm pretty sure it's going to be in cologne usually it's in cologne okay yeah. 
And yeah, but also again, going back to like like materials like PHA, right? Like they are, uh, some of them at least are marine degradable. Mm. And then we go back to communications again. Should you tell this to people? Yeah. that they are yeah, because point. you don't want to promote littering as well i mean that, that mm-hmm. there are a lot of things where um yeah. there, there are applications where you say that these applications should be mm-hmm. they, like mandatorily biodegradable like for mm-hmm. example cigarette filters mm-hmm. and at the same time that's something you should not tell people mm-hmm. like yeah, just yeah, do it yeah. because people would chuck it on the street and then they're like ah it's going to be biodegradable and the whole topic of biodegradable is really it's difficult because I mean, mm-hmm. technically, wood is biodegradable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that, like, if you have a table in your living room, that that would randomly start to biodegrade. There always aren't necessary conditions for it to biodegrade, and which makes this topic so difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, intuitively, I mean, I, I find it odd that that biodegradable is not all is not always seen as a positive attribute but i fa- i found this out as well recently e- even in sitting in on, on like conferences that are having folks from the european commission you know uh, uh having uh, uh you you know uh, looking at the environmental portfolio you would think like wow isn't this a good thing but but also it depends where it fits into the systems uh you know the sorting the collecting and so on uh, obviously, I, uh, these innovations are, are good, but how do you, you know, uh, tune them in to where you get the most uh, benefit from it? That, that I think that that's what we're all working on, right? Yeah, what we always say um, about biodegradability, biodegradability is only a good thing if it's actually an added value for the application mm. that you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's funny what you just said before. Also, it's it's also about you know maybe the wrong term because it's mm. not about. I mean, in the end, like standard PE uh, or PP is also biodegradable at one point, right? <laughs> it's it's just I think the 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 communication has to change, and uh, as you already actively doing with bio, changing from bioplastics to renewable um uh carbon magazine um mm. renewable uh, carbon plastics <laughs> renewable carbon plastics yeah um, so cool, man. <laughs> uh that's that's i think it's it's a process that that that, that takes a while until people yeah. you know, also understand okay what 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 is what is the system value of of simply the the right communication of these uh, solutions and i think if we talk about it like you know by as as, as john said like uh um biodegradable uh makes only sense if there is also a uh end of life solution for this in the right infrastructure that uh you know where, where you could integrate these solutions and that's the same with with uh, mechanically recyclable and chemically recyclable um so looking at this from the, from this holistic system point of view is, is is really really important and for this you need to have the right also communication tools no. Yeah, in terms, I mean, terms are difficult. I mean, we could also look at like the difference between chemical recycling and advanced recycling because some people prefer the term advanced recycling because they don't like the term chemical in it yeah. because yeah. that might get a bad rap. But then again, some of these technologies, if you say advanced recycling, that always sounds new. Some of them are not new. That doesn't make mean they're bad. I mean, pyrolysis is really an old technology. There is something that uh, the company Eastman does with it. It's... Um, methanolysis that is also over 30 years old i think maybe over 40 years by now i mean these technologies are not necessarily new and saying that they are advanced is always and also a bit dicey but then there are other technologies where like are ah, these chemical recycling technologies like there's enzymatic recycling mm-hmm. oh man is oh, this man. now biological recycling is this chemical recycling then you can yeah. put a chemist and a biologist in the room and let them fight it out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my day job, I have something to do with chemical recycling in Europe, you know, and 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 when I was appointed, when I was put in charge of that, we we spent uh, quite a bit of time saying, do we want to rebrand and call ourselves Advanced Recycling Europe? We consulted with the Americans who favor advanced recycling. We decided to stick with chemical because number one, that's what we had, and number two, it's like we we decided from a communication and branding point of view, it's like you got to own it, man. You got to own it. Uh, and, and and this thing about uh, I, it, complexity uh, of you talked about this earlier. Think you know, 
rather than run away from things that are, are, are complex and also sometimes, you know, chemical is a word that scares people away uh, and embrace it, you know, because it's like, why add advance? It just creates a whole nother drama and confusion, just like you just laid out there. So anyway, a little bit of my point of view. on Yeah, that. I mean, we have the same in the, in the bioplastics field where um, there are companies that say this is plastic free. And I'm like, you make stuff from PLA. PLA yeah. is the poster child of bioplastics. And yeah. I mean, these companies will not like that I say this, but this is my stance. PLA is a plastic and it's not bad that it's a plastic. Plastics yeah. are great materials. Own that you make a great material. There Just you say go, that man. your material cool. has certain advantages cool. over others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could not agree with you more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we we can nerd out on all the all the different also now plastic hey, types. Cool <laughs> let's all three agree. At least we're cool nerds, yeah? All three, let's agree. I think this is a nice change that also happened over the last uh, decade or two, that being a nerd started <laughs> being a cool thing. Like if you own your nerddom, if oh, you God. own your geekiness, then now, yeah, no, you're it's cool because... Hope, brother. It's my last hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think just looking at the time um, and we still have one important or the, the most important question actually to ask... Um, I think I would just cut cut off the conversation here and say <laughs> let's have another podcast. Um, and I think we will have plenty of uh, topics to cover in this in the next podcast because this is a, such a dynamic field. Um, and then we can say we have now a podcast with uh, renewable carbon plastics. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, but the last nice. question yeah the last question um alex uh we have a playlist plastic climate future playlist and there we collect songs which either remind us of our guests or which have a meaning for our guests or, or which are simply cool songs and uh, we must yeah. say that if the song is like really not cool then it's not gonna make it but we don't we've only had one. one. We've only, we only had one. So. We, we, we exercise editorial uh, discretion on, on the con and we've had like, we have like a hundred, hundred plus songs and we, we've only edited one out. We won't yeah. tell you who it was from or the song, except maybe off, off, offline, but you will, you will no doubt agree with this. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Let's yeah, I have actually thought about this a lot and was thinking about if I just uh, <laughs> pick a, because um, you warned me about this um, beforehand and I was thinking, should I just that. say something that just <laughs> kind of fits in the whole thing we talk about or should I just take a song that I personally like? And I, yes, yes. Yes, I and kind yes. of landed on something for both. Um, and I thought I'm a German, I should bring maybe some German culture into your oh, yeah. playlist. Okay. Um, and I picked a song by KZ and KZ is a, usually a band that is that you will not hear on the radio because they're very inappropriate lyrics. Oh, cool. And they have this one song that you could hear on German radio um, for a while. And that is the song Hurra, die Welt geht unter, which means basically hooray, the world's ending, <laughs> which yeah. I really love. Okay. It's a really cool song, and especially because they, they sing it together with this guy. And when you see him, he's like this really skinny dude, and he has a voice where you're like, this guy has no right to have a voice like this. And it's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, Hurra, die Welt geht unter, should be on your playlist. We add it to it, we add it. Oh, good.